0: Would you turn with me to Psalm 22 tonight, Psalm 22, and as you're turning there, when we think about our Savior and look at His life, uh, everything from His birth to His ascension has prophecy in the Old Testament, but there is the humbling texts like this that refer to Christ and His sufferings. There are some texts that deal with his next coming back to this earth from the Old Testament, the kingdom and the reign. But there are a lot of very clear texts that are prophetic in what Christ was going to have to go through. And what is in my mind tonight is that Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He is the eternal Word of God. And with that knowledge of what is written, he knew exactly what he was going to go through to the detail. And that's why in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he is praying, let this cup pass by me, but nevertheless not my will be done, but your will be done. I know that Christ, as the Son of Man, Knew the sufferings that he was going to go through. And as I've mentioned a lot of times, it does go beyond just the physical. It goes into, as we talked about this morning, I mean, we could have talked about Christ from that text all over, but, uh, you know, his soul, I mean, what he went through with the mental anguish, what he went through bodily, what he went through spiritually. And as we know as Christians, why He died was for our sin, and He took our sin upon Him. And not only that, He took our hell so that we don't have to. And uh, there are a lot of different messianic psalms. Psalm 2 talks about Him as the King. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry with thee, etc. And you have a lot of other psalms that deal with the Lord Jesus Christ, even the 23rd psalm. But the 22nd is another one of those like chapter 69 and well, the list goes on with different Psalms to talk about the first coming of Christ and the sufferings that he would go through. This one has quite a few listed and you're going re- to recall some of them as we read them, especially in verse number 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You remember that phrase, don't you? That's what our Savior cried out. You think he knew this psalm? You think he realized, yeah, we're dealing with David, but we're dealing with the Messiah and what he was going to go through. And in that phrase, in and of itself, when the Father placed the sin of the world upon His Son, and the Father would not see, would not watch, it is as though the Father turned his back on the sun because of the sin of the world being put upon Him, that cry comes out. There's a forsaking that God had to do so that you and I wouldn't be forsaken. He went through the anguish, the suffering, so that we could go free. And that's why that song, Amazing Grace, never gets old. Because it's an overwhelming thought that that grace that was was extended to mankind at the cross would take place. He goes on and says, Why art thou so far from helping me from the words of my roaring? We're not going to see each verse, but I'm going to go through the majority of what this prophecy is in this psalm. Drop down to verse number 6. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. And by the way, we understand John one he tells us he came unto his own and his own excuse me, his own received him not, but you also look at how the world, Rome, everyone was just despising this man, beating this man, spitting on this man, and he was looked at as an absolute villain that was worthy of the cross in their mind. The world looked at him as a worm, just worth, worthless. That old song, such, he saved a, such a worm as I. I know some changed that in newer versions of it, but uh, we are that. Verse number 7, all they that see me laugh me to scorn, They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, He trusted on the Lord that He would deliver Him. Let Him deliver Him, seeing He delighteth in Him. Had the crowd that cried those words out known the Word of God? They didn't even realize they were fulfilling prophecy. He saved others, but He Himself He can't save. Come down from the cross and, and uh, we'll, we'll believe you. Those kind of phrases in the, in the laughter... The mocking, I I mean, no one enjoys being laughed at. It hurts. But the laughing that was happening there was cruel. They had stripped down our Savior to humiliate Him. The blood is just oozing all over. Yanking out the beard, the crown of thorns, all of those things. And to look at a man who was beaten that much... And to be able to still look at Him and laugh at Him goes beyond my comprehension. It is very barbaric what happened to the Savior. But it took that kind of love and His willingness to take the cruel curse that belonged to us, it took that type of abuse For the Father to be pleased. You say, I don't understand that. I don't either. Because the love was demonstrated to us. Not to the Son. He looked past His Son and saw us. He saw what we deserved. And saw the blood. And He saw the mocking. And He said, this is what I'm showing you folks. I did this on purpose. Everything that Christ went through was on purpose. And as he told Pilate, for this cause came I into the world to reveal truth. The Word of God is the truth. Standing before Him was truth. And and they missed it. What is truth, he asked. Dropping down to verse number 14, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax." It is melted in the midst of my bowels. There we get into some of the detail of what the Savior was going through. Those bones and I'm sure many of us have had a bone getting out of joint and dislocated and uh the simple ones that I have had, I know the pain, and it hurts. As the Savior, many believe, the time period was not just from the beating and the smacking and knocking bones out of joint, but also when they would have nailed him and lowered him, pounding him into the ground, and the jolt, because his muscles were so fatigued, he was dehydrated. Everything was against his body. He didn't have strength. He didn't have the tone of the muscle to hold things in, in joint anymore, and it just, it just jolted him. And even to a point where it would have been so hard for Him to push Himself up for each breath. Well, this is humbling, eh? And this all leads us into communion to thank Him for what He's done. Verse 15, My strength is dried up like a potchard. My tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. That dust what we were created from to it we return, our Savior had the form of man. He took on that sinful nature that first time He came, but the next time He comes, it says in Hebrews, He's not coming in that sinful nature the next time. He's coming as the King of kings and Lord of lords. But this time when He came, He felt every punch, just as you and I would, He felt the pain of each laceration. He felt it all. And even he was so dehydrated that, that literally inside of his mouth, his tongue is literally just sticking to the sides of his mouth and to his jaw because he's that dehydrated. Verse 16, Dogs of Comps me and Assembly of the Wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. There really shows you the clarity of how we can see this as a messianic psalm and predicting what he would go through, here is, again, a clear prediction of the crucifixion. That's when Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. As Moses lifted up the serpent, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus Christ knew exactly how he was going to die. It was prophesied that he would be even nailed that his hands and his feet would have those puncture wounds. As we know, even after the resurrection, they were the marks that identified the Savior. And then verse 18, they part my garments among them, cast lots upon my vesture. As those soldiers did this and laughed and mocked just to get a couple pennies and uh, buy some, some of his clothing, they didn't realize they were fulfilling prophecy. Isn't it amazing? I was talking to a guy. Uh, I told you this before. I just say just just to let you know. And you know, God talks about the last days. And I was talking to a young man who was trying to uh, blend through this pluralism ideas that are out there this day and age of of my God can let me. He He loves me just the way I am, and He wants me to be who I am. And I'm deciding I'm going to be gay. And I looked at him and I said, Young man, you've been around the Bible, right? Oh yeah. You know, you know about Jesus. Oh, absolutely. I said, do you realize that you are fulfilling prophecy? This movement that has happened is predicted that it would happen. And I said, you're part of it. And he just sat back in his chair and hadn't even thought that this movements. And folks, the prophecy that our God has for our future will come to pass as every prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ came to pass. To the very crossing of every T and the dotting of every I. It is real. And that's why this, the Word of God, is not just a, a history book. It is a book of beautiful prophecy and also showing the doom of man. And as they parted those garments and they and they gambled just to get what they could, they fulfilled one of those other prophecies. In 1 Corinthians 11, I turn there quickly and and we'll read this and then prepare our hearts for the communion. I read that to help us and to remind us of of what Jesus then taught his men and then Paul receives these words and then passes them on to, to you and I. I'm in 1 Corinthians in chapter number 11, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which I del- also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, now remember this, Take eat. he says, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And every time, folks, we look back at the Old Testament, and we see the details of what Christ would go through helping us to understand the rest of the story of the agony that Jesus Christ went through and he says this bread that's symbolic of me that it is and of course we do they they did a lot different than we do we have a little piece of you know we we crunch up but they would take a loaf and they would break it and he's saying this is my body it's being broken And what Jesus was saying is that's exactly what's going to happen to me. And when you see some of those details in Psalm 22 that those bones out of joint, just dehydration, all those things, one of them would be bad enough, let alone all of them at one time. And that's what he went through. After the same manner he took the cup when he had supped. I'm in verse 25 saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me and the blood. We mentioned that this morning, the the importance of the blood. Uh, It's hard for us to, folks, pull together how this represents true biblical fellowship. But as we take this juice tonight, and we begin to drink, now they, of course, would have had one cup, and each would take a turn. We don't do that. We have individual cups. But as they would each take a drink, and they they were told right there, we're instituting something. That it is ours now to remember, and what we're remembering is the blood of Jesus Christ. And I know uh, it sounds very morbid to be thinking of something so horrible when we are sitting and taking this juice that is sweet to our mouth. It seems like it's opposite. I oftentimes thought as a young Christian, why juice? I mean, I, I can see the color, maybe you know, and in, in, in such. But I stopped and thought later on, and this is my thought, that the Lord took the bitterness, and we take the sweetness of it all. And it's it's precious to us. And we cry out that old song, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. I mean, think about these words, and it, and it brings excitement in your heart to think about, He did it for me. And that's what this does is causes us to worship like no other thing we do. This will cause us to sing like nothing else will cause us to sing. He tells us, though, we need to prepare our hearts, and we'll do that in a moment. Verse 26, As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord, uh, show the Lord's death until He come, and we're witnessing to each other. Wherefore, whosoever she eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine, notice this, himself. And that's what we'll do with this brief invitation in a moment, is we get to look at our own hearts. And that then, after we examine ourselves, let us eat of the bread and drink of the cup, because he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak, sickly among you, and even many sleep. Literally have died because they were so disrespectful at that time period with, with this communion. They were just making it a bash. There was no reverence. There was nothing sacred about it. And God says, I'm going to show you, this was my son. You're not going to make it a a mockery and laugh at my son's death, and I'll wake you up, church. And that's what he was talking about. Because if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. In other words, if we evaluate ourselves, then God doesn't have to step in and judge us. So that's why we prepare our hearts, and uh, that's what we're going to do. Now, Father, we've taken a couple minutes to look at your word And just to be sobered in what we see and what You have done for us about 2,000 years ago. It's an amazing act that, Lord, You did on purpose to save us from our sin. Now, Lord, we right now confess to You that we are nothing but sinners that are saved by grace. We also acknowledge, Lord, before You even as Christians that we fail. So, Lord, forgive us where we fail. And we now individually come to You and confess if there's anything between ourselves and You, we, we get it right with You because Lord, we do not take this service lightly. Lord, we are witnessing to each other this very moment that we believe Jesus died for our sin. And Lord, we know the story doesn't end with the death. We know there's a resurrection. But Lord, this death had to take place. And this this is the salvation that you've provided, and we thank you for it. So bless this time in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. As Biden and i eyes closed, Fran's going to play through a verse of invitation. And as she does, let's prepare our hearts. And we always must say, if you're here and you're not saved, you're not sure about that, you come as she begins to play, and we'll take you and show you from God's Word how to be saved before you leave as she plays. Lord, it is very hard for us to ever put into words in any language here on this earth how thankful we are for the salvation that we have. Thank you for your unspeakable gift. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are willing to leave the splendors of heaven to come to this earth to give your life as we talked of. Father, your willingness to send your Son for us is an amazing love. Spirit of God, your work inside of us to convince us of our need of Christ. We thank you for that work. Thank you for the plan of salvation, Lord. Lord, we pray that you've been honored this day through the reading of your word, the expositing of it, the singing, the worship. Lord, I pray that you have been honored. Lord, we do love you as a church. And I pray that you will help us to be what we need to be for you. That we will be seeking your will that we will look for your direction and guidance in our lives. Lord, we submit to you. You are, you are our Lord. I pray that we will be the church in this community that will be a light, not only here but around the world, that missions will be always lifted up and it will be a priority because, Lord, it was a priority for you. Help us to fulfill the Great Commission. We pray for those that are hurting in our church, our dear shut-ins, those who have been battling the cancer, those who have been just fighting for life, the Lord you will encourage and and be the Lord, the shepherd, that will be there in the comfort and to help, and Lord help us to do our part. Lord, we pray that you will continue to bless and put your hand, Lord, of anointing on this place, and that we will know and sense the Spirit of God is working. Thank you so much for what you have done. And I pray these things by faith, according to your precious will, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we close with Amazing Grace, and then we will be dismissed. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wreck. now am found was lying but now I see you are dismissed have a wonderful week folks